when I notice that, I feel like my body is this barometer or this compass pointing in the direction of, you love that thing. So please go towards it again. Welcome to Messy and Magnificent, the place driven women come to elevate their career, health, and relationships. In here, we increase your productivity by replacing always being busy with the space to breathe. Hear your own wisdom and be part of a sisterhood that has your back. My name is Carly Bain, and together we're going to make sure that you have a doable plan and the roots to rise. Well, welcome to Messy and Magnificent. It's your gal Carly over here. How you doing? What's cropping up? What's true in your world today? I am really excited that we are here in March, which we're coining Bring Your Body to Work Month. And here's why. When it comes to tapping into the physical intelligence that we have, this powerful resource that resides within us, folks who have sturdy boundaries know a little something about what to do When their body gives them a signal, maybe that looks like a knot in your stomach when you're thinking about scheduling something on your calendar or an ache in your neck when you think about certain projects, or maybe it's other physical symptoms that feel really good, a sense of sudden lightness or joy or clarity. These are all ways we can have a read on whether or not we are or aren't in agreement with something. And so I've been trying to crack the code on something here for a little while, and I think we finally figured out. And so today is a really special episode. I'm going to give you an inside peek into some of the most valuable content we have in the Boundary Academy, because you can't talk about bodies (laughs) without talking about boundaries and vice versa. So little framework here. Once a month in the Boundary Academy, we bring in a different thought leader to talk about a different territory of boundaries with different research or their own unique personal experience so that we're bringing in a wide diversity of perspective in the territory of boundaries. And that can look like all sorts of things. We had Faith Clark come in to talk about the courage of inclusion, how we embrace ourselves and others with compassion in the boundaries that we set. Or Maria Sirwa came in to talk about dealing with other people's opinions when you're cultivating boundaries. Or Nancy Levin shared how to have honest conversations with those you care about without everything falling apart. And the list goes on and on and on. Dr. Sanem Aaron joined us. Dr. Sarah Gilman has been in there. Catherine Flavin, Melissa Gerhardt, where we talked about financial boundaries with ourselves and with others. Oh my gosh, you can tell I get really excited about this stuff. I'll rein it in right now. But what we do in those sessions is have an opportunity for our cohort of academy members to ask questions of these thought leaders and get some laser coaching specific to where they're at. So we keep those conversations private, like everything else in the academy. I just don't think that there are enough places in the world yet where a woman can show up and ask the questions and talk about the things that are really important to her without fear of judgment or everybody else having something to say about it. So I haven't known how to share what goes down in there with you because these sessions are so valuable and game-changing, and yet I want to honor the privacy of the women in the academy. So here's what we have done. 
We have taken the parts of the conversation from a recent thought leader who visited us, Susie Banks-Baum, and edit it such that you're only going to hear the parts where Susie and I are speaking. So you're going to get to hear the rich, rich goodness. So if you are new to the podcast, then Susie might be new to you as well. Otherwise, I'm reintroducing her if you're a regular listener, because she is a key member of our team of thought leaders. Susie interprets the language of her body consistently and beautifully. And she uses that information and the knowing within herself to help other people tap in to their knowing as well. Now, Susie is a writer and a book artist, a teacher and an activist with an admirable devotion to her daily creative practice, meaning she consciously tunes in to the information within herself, and she uses some of that self-sourced information to help her throughout the day. And she teaches this in her creative practices for writers and artists and other creative thinkers. And I want to highly encourage you, if you want to see something beautiful and sturdy and warm and welcoming, go check out Susie's website, susiebanksbaum.com. I'll put a link to that right here in the show notes too. It is pure nourishment and inspiration for those of us that consider ourselves artists or not. So if Susie's name does sound familiar to you, it might be because about a year ago, we did an episode with her called Trusting Your Knowing, How Women Rise from Doubt to Leading Themselves Forward. So if you fall in love with Susie in today's conversation, know that you can go back and check out that episode or I'll put a link to it right here also in the show notes. Now, as one of our Boundary Academy thought leaders, Susie joined us for another discussion back in November, and that is what you're going to hear some clips from today. So this was just as the winter weather was rolling in for those of us in the Northeast, and we were in the throes of a lot of holiday expectations. This is a layered time of year in terms of tradition, and when we peel back those layers, we can start to uncover certain rituals or routines that perhaps we've been conditioned to abide by, whether we want to or not. And this shows up certainly in holiday seasons, but this also shows up culturally for most of us, whether that's within our family of origin, the community we live in, or the culture in the places that we work. There are certain expectations baked into almost every relationship we have, And if you're nodding your head in agreement and you're thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, (laughs) I feel the weight of expectation or the weight of tradition or of routine or rituals upon me, then you're going to love this conversation. We talked about the trapped feelings we can often experience when we're part of traditions that might bring us more anxiety than joy. So here's what we're going to cover today. First, The weight of expectation when tradition is laying a trap and how we can move through our routines or rituals that we're a part of with consciousness and intentionality, how we can be more aware in the moment and ask ourselves questions like, why am I doing this thing I'm doing? Why are we doing this thing that we're doing? And what makes sense now? Second, we're going to go over the correlation between the feeling and the knowing you have in your body and sensing when something makes sense and when it doesn't anymore. And third, when you recognize that something doesn't make sense anymore, 
We're going to talk today about how you untangle from that in the most graceful and respectful way. So if you're ready to tap into your inner knowing and shake the cobwebs of traditions or routines that no longer make sense for you, today's episode is going to clear your path to finding more joy and a whole lot more ease. So this is the part of the show where I get to pause and give a shout out because we all rise well together. And today's shout out as we're talking about bodies, I want to give to my dear baby sister, Kelsey, who is not a baby (laughs) by any means. In fact, she is a brand new mother just a few hours ago. Thanks to her, we welcomed my newest niece, Fiona Teresa into the world. Kelsey, you have done such a beautiful and powerful job of taking care of your body in this entire process. It's been really inspiring and heartening to witness the way you have been so intentional throughout this pregnancy, through all the ups and downs and everything in between. Sending so much love to you, to Fiona, and to my brother-in-law, Matt, And I just appreciate the ways you are bringing more of yourselves into our family through Fiona. And speaking of birthdays, Fiona and I are going to get to be birthday buddies. We're both March babies. And for my 40th birthday, which happens this month, I want to do something really special with you, which could lead to a shout out for you on an upcoming episode. So on Monday, March 21st, we are creating, and I'd love for you to be a part of launching with us, the first international Bring Your Body to Work Day. And what that means is I'd love for you to commit to doing one act of kindness or inclusion for your body on that day, wherever you are. That could look like taking an extra sip of water or having a nourishing snack. It could look like taking a small stretch, or if you really feel like you need some alone time doing that for a few moments, whatever makes sense, whatever's practical in your day, but also gives you a little extra life. That's what we're going to do. And when you do use the hashtag body to work, B-O-D-Y-T-O-W-O-R-K on Instagram or LinkedIn so that I can see and we all can normalize the fact that including Our bodies in the conversation of the way we show up in the world is a powerful and essential thing to do. And please invite your friends, your colleagues, your family members, folks you meet on the street, invite everybody. This is going to be such a sweet and special way to make sure that we all have ourselves and each other's backs, literally. If you want more information on this, you can check out posts on my Instagram or LinkedIn. I'll put links to that right here in the show notes for you too. Going to be a really sweet day. And if you participate, I'll have an opportunity to give you a shout out. Okay, so let's dive in for some context for this conversation. Here was one of my first questions for Susie when she joined us. Why is this the season that you began to explore nourishment? Why this time of year? Because I feel that it is the time of year that so many people experience such deep grief around their self-worth, their feeling of being not enough. And it is exacerbated by the commercial world's drive for us to spend and be and perform. And coupled with the emotional sort of wind storm of the holidays, like 
just the way that they blow through our lives can be so unmooring and, you know, unmooring in the way that a boat gets like loses its, its tether to the dock and it's like bouncing around and you think you're this effective person and then you're weeping into your coffee at 1145. When we talk about expectation or traditions that lay a trap, this is a conversation for any time of the year and not specific to any one belief system or any one place. You know, the traditions that happen in our office place or the expectations, you know, that happen with our family or with our kids or with our neighbors, that this conversation on expectation and, and tradition applies now and, and in so many places. And so I'm curious for you, what do you mean when, tr- when you say tradition lays a trap? I think that we consider traditions to be our connections to our elders or to a place or to a house of worship. It's always been this way, even though the congregation has changed or, you know, all of those things that we think we are honoring by repeating a behavior that compromises or judges or promotes difficulties for certain members of this said group. I mean, we're learning this in the social justice world. We've always done it this way. We've always, you know, saluted this statue of this, you know, whatever. I think that we are waking up to understanding collectively that these unspoken agreements need to really answer a current and pressing need. There it is. I mean, tell me if I'm getting this right, but the thread that I was hearing woven through everything you just said, Susie, was about consciousness or intentionality, Mm -hmm. right? Just like awareness in the moment. Why am I doing this thing I'm doing? Why are we doing this thing we're doing? What makes sense now? What I love about this conversation that you're starting to hear with Susie is the level of intentionality she brings to the choices that she makes. We've been talking recently how perhaps the antidote to outdated obligations is being intentional. So let's go a little deeper here. Next, you're going to hear how Susie discerns when traditions make sense and when they don't anymore, and how our bodies can help to clarify our discernment on this. I'm curious for you, as we consider what traditions make sense and what expectations make sense and what might be ready to modify or, or let go, what's the correlation between the feeling or the knowing you have in your body and sensing when something makes sense or doesn't anymore? How do you connect those two things so beautifully? I have this memory of something that Jonathan and I, I have, we have two children who are 27 and 24. When we were struggling when they were in high school to sort of sort out what are the things that we want to do? What are these choices that we want to do that reflect what the holidays mean for us, these four people, these four humans in this place? We decided that on New Year's Eve, well enough before anybody had to be at a party or be somewhere else, we would take a thermos of hot cocoa. Daddy makes really good hot cocoa. So Jonathan would make the hot cocoa in this big thermos. And we would have these little gingerbread things that my friend Janet makes. She always makes them. I don't know if she's still going to make them this year, but at that time it was a tradition. And we would put some mugs in our backpack and we would go and watch sunset and drink the cocoa 
be together. And, you know, they were in high school, so there was usually arguing. But we would have a few, like, you know, my wish for the year or something like that. We would do a little something like that. And we haven't done it now in a few years because the kids are bigger and their schedules are different. And But there was something about that memory that was so joyful. Like, I remember so clearly walking on the path up on Mount Washington to the sunset point and like walking through these tall laurel bushes and just how exciting and cold and not the same. You know, there was a not the sameness to it. Like my family, my family of origin did nothing like that. And there was this like kindled excitement that this was an agreement we had made. This is a decision we had made together. And I know this is a long way of answering your question, Carly, but but when I, when I recollect joy, there's no doubt in my body how good that feels. And when I notice that, and, and whether it's something that I have to reflect on in the past, oh, we did this thing, it was so good, or I didn't do this thing, and it was so good. I, I feel like my body is this barometer or this compass pointing in the direction of, you love that thing. So please go towards it again. And we have instead this sort of accrual of the lady with the wrapped gift two weeks before Thanksgiving or whatever it is, one and a half weeks. You know, we have this accrual of, of shameful feelings or, or disappointment in ourselves. And, and when that part gets weighty, you know, and bulked up by accumulation, the compass pulling us toward joy is like, it has to move. It's harder to move. So, so I just, I really, really, really try to remember what it feels like to be joyful. And, and no matter where you are in your life, no matter what's going on with you, you've had a moment of joy. You've woken up one morning as that poem we read last night, Carly, pain-free, or you woke up, you just woke up, you know? Morning came and there you were. Gosh, I know what that feels like. I want more of that. This episode is brought to you by the Boundary Academy, the place that motivated women come to reclaim their time, energy, and clarity, both on the spot and for the long haul. So if you're craving more authenticity or your body is telling you it is tired of being tired, or you're just so over going over loops in your mind about the next best steps for yourself, well, you can get free access to the Boundary Brunch recording where I share the three things that women who already have healthy, sturdy boundaries know and do. It's a game changer and it's totally free with nothing for sale in there. Visit carlyfane.com to get access and get spacious today and replace any accidental people-pleasing with peace of mind. Did you hear that statement from Susie? I'm going to say it aloud again. She said, when I recollect joy, there is no doubt in my body how good that feels. Ooh, I relate to that. In a moment of pure joy, I'm not thinking about anything else other than feeling that sensation. I think about that a lot when I'm playing with my nephews or also when I'm in a bookstore or a library and I'm getting to just sit on the floor with a whole stack of books that I may or may not buy or take home. 
but just page through them and feeling the paper on my hands, the sound of the pages turning, the words that I get to see. So let's take a beat here together and summon your personal joy. Can you recollect a moment that has brought you joy? Close your eyes for a moment, or if that's not a good idea, (laughs) take a moment later today and close your eyes and reflect on something that's brought you joy. Whether it's a childhood memory or something more recent, replay that event in your mind. Pick up a few details. Maybe what you were wearing or what somebody else was wearing or what season it was in or where you were located. And if there was a smell in the air, if it was light or if it was dark, just linger in that moment for as long as you want. And notice, how does it feel physically within your body? Wherever that thought takes you, I hope that you'll remember that you can go back to it anytime you need a little boost of joy, a recollection of what it feels like to be in the zone in your days. So now that perhaps you've tapped into a little joy and pause this if you want for a moment to go there a little longer, let's talk about how we invite more of that in. The path of joy can be crowded with our anxieties, right? (laughs) Like that road can be full of stones and bricks and blocks that can get in the way. All of those tasks and traditions that we might force ourselves or feel obligated to sit through and participate in what we'd really rather not be doing anymore. So this is where Susie shares the most practical, actionable advice on how you can begin to untangle yourself from the things that just no longer make sense. I wonder for you, Susie, what would you want to express or what's one thing that's in your head or your heart that you would want to express to a woman who is feeling the weight of an expectation or expectations, plural, on her shoulders? What, what do you wish you could share with her? Well, I think what I, I first would wish for her to have enough time and space and perhaps support to sort out where she truly feels around that expectation. That time to just take a moment and sit with, are you in agreement with this? I think that's a simple, very simple question. We just had this discussion in our family about Thanksgiving. Nobody really likes turkey. Surprise, surprise. And we've got some really good cooks in my house. I mean, it sounds sort of like, well, that's not such a big deal. Well, you know, it can be, it could have that that sort of growing snowball effect of, you know, you never do what I want. You know, like, like we can just, you can all imagine those, those conversations. So I would wish for that person enough time and space to understand if she is in agreement with that. And if she is, to go all in, have the most fun, get the ribbon that makes you the happiest, the silk ribbon with the wire in the edge so you can make the bow really nice. I love that ribbon. Or get with somebody who can help you have the conversation that says, you know, this thing we've been doing for 14 years here, I think it's time for it to change. And and I'd really like to have a conversation about what we can create together that has some meaning for us together. As you describe this, Susie, I've heard you say a few times, you know, this idea of these secret 
contracts, right? Or these mm-hmm. subtle contracts, these agreements that we've, that we've been tacit to, or that we assume other people are tacit to, or that there's no assumption or thought process around. And, but I'm curious as you, as you notice something that perhaps you're not in agreement with, what is your process of navigating that? So maybe somebody's listening and they go, yeah, I'm not in agreement with this thing or this thing used to work, but maybe it could be different now. Like then what? So we've got the awareness of, okay, maybe there's something to shift or change or hold differently. Then what do you do with that information? How do you begin that conversation? Well, that's a really good question, Carly. And I think the answer will be different for everyone. It will be very dependent, of course, on what that tradition is. I think there are all people in our worlds where that we're willing to compromise or shape the way we do something in order to hold up some quality of sort of integrity in a relationship. But in the case of, let's just say the turkey, just let's just use that as an example, going to someone else in the dynamic and, and holding it together you know, I, I I really don't like, it doesn't do great in my body. I usually feel terrible afterwards. And the other person says, oh, me too. And I've just, I've never wanted to say anything because it seems like she loves to roast it. Or the person says, I can't believe you're saying that. That's the only time of year we eat a turkey and I love it. I look forward to it. And you're like, oh, okay. This person is very invested in this and I'm going to tread carefully on this one. And Jonathan, my husband, um, has a a statement that he has, I don't know where he learned it, but it has become one of our family mantras, which is strike when the iron is cool. Don't have this conversation the Monday before Thanksgiving when your partner is picking up the couture turkey you ordered from the fancy doodle farm. Strike when the iron is cool. Talk about this at Easter. Back up the truck of you may, when you do these prompts or listen to this conversation, discover, oh, I want to change the thing about the tree. And, and, and you know, you, it's, it, it, that's a big change. And to um, dial back your anticipation of the greatness of this potential change is a way of being sensitive to the people in the dynamic. So I think that sensitivity to the people in the dynamic is really important. And the ability to have a conversation, like Jonathan says, when the iron is cool, so that everyone's sort of momentum hasn't been started moving toward that thing. And you can all still have this little resilient pocket of space around yourselves to say, you know, I love the corn pudding, but the turkey I can do without. And, you know, and something changes. When we create a new boundary, or in Susie's case, when she brought up a conversation that effectively changed the rules of engagement, she knew that she needed to give the people that were impacted by that change an opportunity to adapt to the new ideas she was putting forth. She started with a tradition that no longer made sense, no more turkey, but saying something like, okay, everybody, listen up, this is what we're going to (laughs) do just a few days before Thanksgiving, Well, that could elicit all sorts of reactions. And so this idea of giving a longer bridge, not having to be such a short, tight bridge, but a longer, more expansive walkway where there's room for people, especially for things that are 
particularly meaningful or more important or more ingrained. This is a beautiful way of giving respect to self, to the idea that you're hatching, and certainly to the other people that might be impacted by it. So let's talk takeaways here for a moment. We covered asking yourself questions like, why am I doing this thing I'm doing? And knowing how to move through the rituals or the routines that you're a part of consciously, intentionally, with awareness. We talked about connecting to the knowing within your body and recognizing when something no longer feels aligned for you. And then we talked about how you can build a bridge between what you feel and how it might impact those around you when you recognize that something doesn't make sense anymore. This path to joy, to meaning, to richer connection with self and with others, it requires some decluttering once in a while. Because simply put, we don't have to do it all, even though we might feel like we do. And we can bow out with grace in many places, or at least in some. And so if you're craving the grace and the insights that Susie speaks to, again, her website is susiebanksbaum.com. Go check it out. There's a link to that in the show notes right here, wherever you're listening. And I want to invite you to do something really special with me as we celebrate this month of bringing your body to work. I want to start an international bring your body to work day. This is the way I am celebrating my 40th birthday and I want you to be a part of it. And what that means is on Monday, March 21st, we are all going to commit to doing one act of kindness or care for our physical body in our day. Whether that looks like taking a sip of water, taking a stretch, sitting down for a moment, eating something that feels nourishing, whatever it is for you. And then use the hashtag body to work, B-O-D-Y-T-O-W-O-R-K on Instagram and LinkedIn so that we can share what we've done. I cannot wait to see the ways you include your body in the conversation. I've got some info on the more specifics of this. You'll see a link to that in the show notes if you want to hear more about Bring Your Body to Work Day. This is a really powerful way that we can honor ourselves and please invite the people you care about to do this day with you. It's going to be a lot of nourishment and a lot of fun. So I want to know from you, what bolsters your ability to lean towards joy? What joys are you intentionally in agreement with right now? Take that on over to iTunes and leave a review. Or if you want to hear your voice on an upcoming episode, send a voice memo via email from your phone to Anitza at everybodythrive.com and we'll include your thoughts in an upcoming episode. Because remember, you thrive through nourishment, not punishment. Keep taking care of what you value, including honing in on the questions, what am I in agreement with right now? And I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Messy and Magnificent podcast and being part of this dynamic, life-giving community of women. I consider each episode part of a lifelong conversation of you and me hanging out, sipping tea together, making sure that all women become richer, more nourished, and able to keep on rising. So I'll see you on the next episode next week. But in the meantime, don't forget to head over to carlyfane.com forward slash podcast to get the full show notes. And I've also got some extra special free resources for driven women over there that you won't find anywhere else.